Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. My name is Andy Dawson. My name's Sam Delaney. And together we are probably the Deck and Holly of um, football podcasts. I Did would you say. watch that last night? I saw a little bit of it. I saw a little bit of the chemistry between them and um, Ant can't come back soon enough, ha- really. It's hard for her to know what to do. Because, yeah. Because Deck felt- has continued. I mean, he is fucking funny. Yeah. Like, and what makes it even funnier is the context. Because I... I've never been a big viewer of uh, I'm a Celebrity. Um, but if I did ever tune in in the past, it was because of Ant and just see Ant and Dex bits. Yeah. I'm not really interested in the other bits. But uh, obviously this year, I couldn't... Even think of the number of awesome TV formats that you and I have thought up actually on air on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. From Sausage Island through to Dogs on the Rob and about yeah. a dozen others. Brilliant. But not even us, who I consider the greatest creative minds of our generation, definitely could have dreamt of something as special as a show featuring both Harry Redknapp and Noel Edmonds in a jungle. And that, <laughs> that is why I said to you in the week on Twitter, I was like, we have to do a show just about this, but we'll get on to that because Noel's not even in the jungle yet. No, he's but not. When, when I in. saw Deck doing his thing, it reminds you that it would be funny in any context, even if he's like doing a podcast or he's on fucking late night radio or just in the pub with his mates it makes it funnier that he's doing it on a mainstream show on itv yeah just just being funny in a fucking stupid way yeah he goes to a um it's quite a new experience for me i've never done it with a woman before i normally do it with a man i normally do it with a man people watch and they seem to enjoy it yeah that is such a brilliantly juvenile gag a gag so lazy it's brilliant (laughs) But you see, you're saying they could do radio and podcasts. I don't think you could because that 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 line was all about the sort of the look aside and the sort of licking of the lips <laughs> yeah. as he said it and all that. It was all about his expressions. It's so funny, and she doesn't quite know what to do, but that works too because she just looks awkward and embarrassed and keeps thinking yeah. of like, well, Philip Schofield never does things like this. <laughs> However, what she's also managed to do is she kind of. On this morning, which I assume is sort of more of your kind of housewifey sort of audience, she's almost got a bit of a housewifey like vibe about her. But mm. now she's in the jungle, she has se- somehow seamlessly like made herself look a good fifteen years younger. Yeah, I don't know how or why. It might be the moisture in the air of the yeah. jungle. She's dressing differently so. and all that. But anyway, the whole thing seems wonderful so far. I just find the bits where they're doing the task quite boring. That doesn't really entertain me. 
But yeah, they were trying to grab them flags off off the um, yeah, up, couldn't up, give some a shit ladders. about that. I, but I thought you're on harnesses. Don't fucking worry about it. Just you know, and there, that's swing what I'm saying to my wife. To. I keep saying to her, I would easily do this show because none of the stuff is scary because yeah. they're not going to let you die. Exactly. So exactly. I wouldn't even be going Earth. slowly on the harness. The worst that can happen is you fall, and then it's like a mini bungee jump. It's fucking good exactly. luck. Yeah. I thought it, Harry it, Harry handled that thing with his hand in the crab well. It, I didn't it, see that. Like, he saw a big spider at one point, and he just went, oh, my God, look at that one. That was it. <laughs> He's proving quite tough. Easily the best bit of the entire show, though, was when he first arrived, and he went, my name's Harry Redknapp. You probably know me best from long pause. Football? <laughs> no, Harry, I'm pretty sure that's what, you, you know, I appreciate you thinking about it, but I don't think there's another reason we know about you. There's nothing else, is there? There's literally nothing else. No, I wonder if they do like a pre-interview with all the guests before they, they sign them up and they say to them, do you know what a harness is? And if they say no, they say, right, you can come on then. Yeah. Because then Cause there's the jeopardy. Because a lot it. of them do seem very stupid, don't they? Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. But then I mean, when they that's... saw this woman, the governess, mm. who, I mean, I've never seen the chase either, but as I understand it, what I picked up last night, she's like the brain box on a game show. Well, oh, she's one well, of them, but she's stern as well. All of them, include, especially Harry. Harry, it turns out, knew the chase and was a fan of it, which is funny. Yeah, But... um. They were really, or oh, get her. She's brainy. She knows anything. And you sort of think, <laughs> yeah, that's they are pretty thick. Because, you know, I mean, fair enough. I'm not saying the governess isn't clever, but in their world, she's just like fucking, she's, she's Albert Einstein. Because <laughs> they saw think, her get yeah. some questions right on a quiz show presented by, what's the geezer who presents it? The Chase. Brad, yeah. Bradley Walsh. Oh, yeah. He, and he always keeps losing. I mean, I've only seen clips of it. Because he loses his whole thing is losing his shit all the time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. The chess. He doesn't lose is his it? shit that much, but when he does, it gets it gets on social media. But yeah, it, it's 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 compelling. At least compared to the coin drop thing that Ben Shepherd presents. Ben Shepherd, yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, that's I'd love why a coin drop machine. When I if think, I, if anyone's yeah, you've got to this, a system. I employed your system when I was in the Isle of Wight because over the summer you'd been playing it. The multi coin system. Yeah, and then I had always tried to be tactical and strategic because I thought that I thought you could outthink the coin machine. No, but no, no. But then no. you say you seem to speak with more authority about it. So I went to the Isle of Wight and I told my son we're doing it different this year, <laughs> and we did your we employed your multi coin system and it did pay dividends. Rapid I, in fact, fire. I got I got a terrifying toy clown, which I can't remember if I posted a picture, but I won the most terrifying toy clown. Right. Um, I think I might have destroyed it because you you wouldn't want it in the house. Okay. But if I haven't, I'll take a picture and send it. Nice one. And if anyone's listening and is in a position to sell me a coin drop machine um, for a reasonable price, get in touch because I'd quite like one for me house. Have you looked on eBay? Yeah, they're quite expensive though. Right. The, th- the trouble is as well, you can, it's hard to get single ones because they, they do them in like, you know, a rack of a three row. together. Yeah. Or like yeah. in a circle, a hexagon. So... Um, it's quite hard just to get one without kind of getting three and chopping them up. Yeah. Fucking points. Right, let's get on with the football, shall we? Shall we look at the results for the weekend and our predictions? Yeah. Do you want to? It's not good. It's not good not at good all. Not good for me. I know that much. Um, first one, we said Netherlands-France. 
You said 2-0 to France. I said 1-1. I'm not going to see what results spot said. We know what results spot said. It finished 2-0 to Netherlands, so we both got so nothing there. spot gets his point. Fucker. Saudi Arabia versus Yemen. Mm. Uh, this was the tough one because we had no knowledge whatsoever of any of it. Uh, you said 2-1 to Saudi Arabia. I said 3-0 to Saudi Arabia. Obviously, we were basing this on their recent record in uh, murdering journalists. Yeah. And so we the, thought the, the that, that, that would give them a confidence. A bounce. Yeah. Uh, and it did. They they beat Yemen by one goal to nil. Ah, oh, you're joking. No. Couldn't have gone any worse. No, exactly. They're fucking smug tin cunt. Let's see him. Let's see. I tell you what, they don't treat robots well out in um, Saudi. Yeah, we'll send him out there. Do some yeah. fact-finding. Send him out there to do... What we'll do is we'll set him up. We'll Because you know he's got so big-headed now. If yeah. we put a call in and say... Um, Oh, hello, we're from um, that channel that employ Richard Keyes and Andy Gray in the Middle yeah. East. Yeah. And he goes, yes, I am aware of it. <laughs> yeah, well, we we uh, we want you to come over. We'll send the Saudi prince's jet. Yeah. And we want you to do, be the in-studio pundit with Richard and Andy mm. this uh, weekend. Uh, just a, a word of warning, they're very sexist. Um, uh, is that okay with he you? He likes because that. We, we actually encourage it here on mm. um, Arab TV. And he'd go, that is fine with me. I have got some great banter. I will kiss and tell about my relationship with the leaf blower. And they'll go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A- Andy and Richard, they love all that stuff. Come in and they'll ask you questions. Like, to be honest, half of the halftime analysis will be them just asking you quite detailed questions about sex you've done to women mechanical birds he'll believe us we'll get yeah. him over there and then he'll find out the truth of how robots are treated yeah. by the authorities in Saudi Arabia and it is actually if you look on the Amnesty International website in their robot section it's actually disgusting Andy yeah there's loads of robot beheading videos isn't there yeah it's really horrible serves him right at the twat mm. um, Italy versus Portugal you said 1-0 to um to Italy as did result spot I said 1-1 and it finished nil nil so I get a point there fuck we need to apologize to our scottish listeners because uh if we've got any left because albania versus scotland you said albania would win 2-1 I mm. said it would be a 1-1 draw of course scotland won 4-0 at a canter because on, why scotland. wouldn't they you you were um your opinion was tainted by your experience in albania which you loved from the time yeah, we were I loved there, it. I hedged my bets a little bit, but obviously Scotland trounced them 4-0. Uh, results bot gets out for that. Finally, Sunderland versus Wickham Wanderers. We both said 2-0 to Sunderland, because why wouldn't it be? Of course, it ended 1-1. And our uh, run of eight wins in a row came to an end. So with all of that in mind, here's how the league table looks now, Sam. Are you sitting oh. down? <sighs> By my calculations, I only got a single point, but that was cancelled out anyway. Pretty much, so you did. You did only get a single point. You're now 21 points, mm. well adrift at the bottom. In second place is myself on 28, and on 29 points after a four-point weekend, results spot now leads the table. Oh my god! We have created a monster, Sam. Get him out to Saudi Arabia. Jesus. Welcome to hell, results, but no, we can't. Welcome to hell, I thought. 
I thought to myself, welcome to hell. <laughs> That's what he's going to be. We're, we'll find ourselves in five years' time, this podcast still going, me and you having to do a deep dive into yeah. Results Bot's second volume of his autobiography <laughs> yeah. because he's moved on and become a fucking international superstar and we're still stuck here. He does half a chapter on us. Early on in my career, I worked on a podcast about football. It was completely stupid. <laughs> it was I a saw miss. it as a step up to the next level. It was I a stepping stone. I used them and abused them. Yeah, oh, and well. we'll be doing a deep dive on his memoir, One Nil, which is what it'll mm. be called. My Life in Football and Beyond by Results Bot. And, Fucking uh, bastard. Do you know, like, Ian Botham's autobiography was, was called Don't Tell Kath. Kath is the name of his wife. Oh, right, okay. Bit of a giveaway. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously going to go into Smith's and see this on the shelf, so the whole yeah. thing's absurd. He oh, I better have... not read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good impression of Ian Botham's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our, our beefy doesn't want me reading that. Best not, then. <laughs> I'll it's just also, get the new Catherine Cookson instead. <laughs> it's also me, uh, me, Mark Lawrence impression. And in the forthcoming Keegan Odyssey, it'll be me Kevin Keegan impression yeah. as well. But maybe Results Bot could do a book, you know, sort of kiss and tell about his life going yeah. off screen, off air. And it'll be called Don't Tell the Leaf Blower. He'll <laughs> <laughs> have moved on from the leaf blower by then. Results Bot. No- will be holding a finger to his mouth in the shush <laughs> sign and doing a wink to the camera. Yeah. Don't tell the world, leaf blower. <laughs> a, a, a metal wig, one of his metal eyelids have been pulled down <laughs> by the photographer. Can't believe he's beating us, mate. Uh, it's, it's game over now. You know no what way. I'm doing? Uh, this is At the Christmas period, sometimes it's quite good to go away for yeah. a warm weather break to Dubai. Yeah. I'm going to go away with my team, you know, my... You know, Dr. Steve Peters, Sports my sports psychologist, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, my physio and all the rest of it. And I might just go away for some warm weather, a break, relax, yeah. take our mind off of things, refresh, come back after the winter break, feeling yeah. refreshed and ready to battle on. I think it's going to take more than that. You might need a change of manager, I think. You're 21 points, eight points adrift at the top. I don't know, what you, I don't know where you go from here, I can't replace myself. That would be like Ron Nodes when he was the manager and chairman of Brentford, sacking himself. Oh, actually, I think he did do that. Yeah, but, but maybe he didn't maybe sack himself as chairman, though. It, it'll be a futile gesture, but it, it might be what you need to kickstart your season. Okay, listen, I'm going to say this now on record with everyone listening. Right. Sam Delaney has the mm. full confidence and backing Oof. of Sam Delaney. <sighs> Ooh. There. That's, no further questions. There we go. He said it. I think we all know what that means. This is it. I'm going to answer a query we've had from on the Twitter at TF Time Machine where we are. This is just coming about 20 minutes ago from James Frowen or Frowen. I don't know. I'm not a fucking linguist. Um, and he says, hi, lads. Sorry to bother you. Anytime, James. Um, I have a question that I need help with. Had a full blown row at work with someone who doesn't consider Baby Bell a cheese. What? I see it is. Please help as I'll take your words as a final answer, cheese. Well, if it's not a fucking cheese, what is it? What is it, exactly? That's the only question you've got to ask. What is it if it's not a cheese? Yeah, exactly. There is no explanation to that. I mean, I don't know know what the ingredients are listed on the back of it. It probably just says fucking cheese, Cheese. doesn't it? Cheese ingredients, ingredients, cheese cheese and wax. 
Yeah. And that's what make that's where the magic is in a baby bell. Yeah, it's unveiling the cheese it. and the magic ingredient is the wax. Of course it is. So everyone knew some weirdo at school who probably ate them whole with the wax as well. Yeah. Like I know a geezer, I'm not gonna name him. I'm not gonna name him. This is really bad. I mean I've got a series of bad things to say about you him. You can name him later. He this is at primary school. He ate a banana and then ate the fucking skin. So that's how we knew he was a weirdo. So as soon as we saw him pull a stunt like that, we all had a close eye on him thinking that that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Anyone who fucking turns up in the school canteen and eats a banana skin has got some yeah. other fucking madness up his sleeve. There's something dark going on in his background. Yeah. But I mean, uh, cheese, cheese is complicated, isn't it? Cheese, some, some cheeses have got elaborate skins on and, you know, some of them have got wax on. And you don't know you don't whether know. to eat. You don't know whether yeah. to eat the rind or not eat the rind. Yeah. That's the oh, way when I was, I was younger, I was fussy. Nowadays, to be honest, on the whole, I'll just fucking put the old lot the in lot. my mouth. Yeah, yeah. even even the it's wax. Easier. It's easier than fussing about, isn't it? If I'm in yeah, a hurry, exactly. I'll eat a baby bell with wax on. But listen, <laughs> mate, obviously your mate is a prick, especially if he hasn't offered up any alternative explanations or definitions of what a baby bell is. No, well, I'd, I'd say you get back to him and uh, ask him that I'll question. Punch him in the face. For what, trying what? to make a dickhead out of you. Ask him what it is if it's not a cheese. I, I can't even think of what, what it could possibly be regarded pro- as if it's Imagine not a if he came out with something like, it's actually, it's actually, it only counts as a cheese and he, he has some sort of fucking, you know, weird EU regulation yeah. about what yeah. classifies something as cheese. He goes, it's actually a whey product. Yeah, That's something what it has like to that. be yeah, called yeah. a whey a whey product. You yeah. go, you can't. A whey byproduct. Whey byproduct. Fucking Nigel fucking Slater or something. Yeah, he's fucking researched cheese regulations. This is why we're leaving the EU, you twat. So James says, please help as I'll take your words as a final answer. Our final answer is fuck off. So tell him that from us. Yeah. Basically. Try and get him fired. Report him to HR. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Jalapeño. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. I think you, you did a bit of work with Dean Saunders recently, Sam, and I think you said that yeah. you came away from it armed with some Graham Sooners stories. I said to him in a break, I mean, Dean Saunders is quite a quite a man to work with. He uh, he doesn't. He's a great broadcaster, but he doesn't acknowledge the difference between being on or off air. <laughs> so, in every ad bake on Talk Sport, he carries on talking. Does the show as if he doesn't realise? <laughs> and then when you come back, he's still talking. And then when someone comes in to read the news, and you're supposed to be quiet. He carries on talking. 
And yeah. he just literally never stops talking. And he often gets up and starts acting things out away from the microphone, but while you're on air. <laughs> like, he literally came in with a football. And it was me, him and Max Rushton on Thursday. And Max Rushton came in just 15 minutes before the show. He was, like, um, running late. And Dean Saunders, so we had to sort of focus down. But not Dean Saunders. He got a football. He produced a football. I don't know from where. <laughs> <laughs> and he he passed it to 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 Max Rushton and went, Max, you you're five yards outside the box. You you've received the ball with your back to goal. Show me what what's the most common error er, error a shit footballer makes in a situation like this. Max Rushton's just climbing off his bicycle, going, "What are you talking about? <laughs> Lay it back to me. You put it on my left foot." Put it on my right foot. This is a high level of football. <laughs> so that, that was confusing and strange. He asked me why. He asked me out of the blue why humans didn't eat seagulls, and I told him, as you know, that I did know a man who'd eaten a seagull. My best friend Chris Ryan, and he just blinked back at me and looked confused, and just, then went, "What did it taste like?" And I, well, I'm not sure. I think it was quite oily. And he went, right. And then he started talking about helicopters and how expensive each part of a helicopter cost. And he, he claimed to know the precise price of each propeller and engine part and so forth. And then the next thing we knew, we were on air. But it was all happening in a blizzard. So I didn't quite know. Yeah. I had lost track of what the you, difference you was. You ushered into the studio. Just and he continued on. to talk about helicopters. <laughs> in the break, I managed, in a full four hours in his company, I managed to get one small question in yeah. and that was in an ad break I said to him I was reading Kieran Dyer's book and he told this story about how he got nicked as soon as Graham Soonis arrived and Graham Soonis picked him up and took him back in silence and when he dropped him at his home simply said if you ever do something like that again I will beat you up <laughs> and of course Dean, Dean Saunders has been Soonis's assistant at every club he's worked at which I cannot get my head around because <laughs> Graham Soonis is like the the father of Roy Keane basically he it's is, light and shit isn't it he is a man for whom the word no nonsense the term no nonsense mm. could have almost been invented look up no nonsense in the Oxford Dictionary of Phrases right and yeah. you'll just see a picture of Graham Sinus. Dean uh, Saunders is almost it, all nonsense. Yeah, it says a lot for Graham Sinus, though, that he is aware of and prepared to uh, deploy the good cop, bad cop thing. Must have been. By Must getting Saunders been. in. Because he signed time. him for a record, a British transfer record. He signed him from Derby County when he was at Liverpool. Yeah. And a lot of people thought he didn't succeed at Liverpool. I think he had a decent record. But, of course, he was coming in as the long-term replacement to Ian Rush, so it was tough and he ended up moving on again to Villa but that didn't put Sunes off uh, Sunes I think has employed him everywhere I think he signed him in Turkey as well brought him over to yeah, Turkey he did. yeah so anyway he loves him but you just cannot put the two together in your brain and he, he must went, just get him as a as a, a jester figure to kind of bring some be. light relief to wherever he is he told me two things he said you know that's true about Kieran he went he stood up. He go on the Monday. We came into training. He walked in. He had the whole. T- he had the whole squad sitting there, and he just said to them, "Right, let me tell you something. As an outsider looking in, this joke, this club is a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. You're the laughing stock of all of football. Look at the state of you. 
You're off. Sorry, I'm going into Roy Keane there instead of goes. <laughs> this is weird because what I'm doing is, and I'm an Englishman doing an impression of a Welshman doing an impression of a Scotsman. So just bear with me. But he goes, he said to him, he said, the first thing I had to fucking do was get you out of jail, you cunt. Like that at Kieran Dyer. And then he went for all the rest of them saying now they're all a fucking joke and a pile of shit. So that was funny. And then he also said, we, we signed Patrick Clivert. He said to him, Patrick, can I hang my hat on you as the future number nine of this club? And Patrick Cliver went, hey, of course, it's no problem. I got to score lots of goals. And he goes, yeah, this and that. And he goes, <laughs> we were, he goes, he asked him again. He said, can, can you be the man I turn to to score goals for this club after Alan Shearer has retired? Because he's going to retire soon. And Cliver just shrugged and went, of course, boss, no problem at all. That's why I'm here. He goes, now the problem was, he goes, we were, we were signing him and we were breaking all the wage structure of the club. He was going to be paid more than anyone. We were paying him a lot of money. So we had to look him in the eye and be absolutely sure he was serious. And, and, and uh, Graham said to him, and none of this drinking I've heard you do because we'd heard that over in Barcelona he'd had a big drink problem. So I'm thinking, well, why are you fucking siding him then? <laughs> but he promised us. He looked us in the eye and he said, the drinking's over. I'm here to take things seriously. So we signed him and we and we made the wages work out. Two days later, we were driving through a village, some village in Durham or whatever. And uh, we were on our way for a meeting. And, and uh, Graham said, look, that's uh, Patrick's new house. He bought that house up the hill there. Let, he goes, let's drive past. I'll, get, I'll show you. It's a, it's a right flash place. He goes, we drove past. He goes, there's a truck outside unloading 10 crates of champagne at his front door. <laughs> and Graham just went, oh, fuck it, Al. <laughs> soon as I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> soon as he's signed on the dotted line. Yeah, of course I won't drink. Don't worry about that. I'm giving, I'm knocking all that on the head. Soon as he signed the dotted, dotted line. Hello? Is that Champagne Deliveries Limited? Champagne yes, I'm going to give you an address. I want you to bring a truckload of champers. I'm celebrating. Audition, <laughs> Dad. Well, obviously, Bosch, I'll still continue to drink in the house. But, you know, that doesn't count, does it? And it's champagne. That's a party drink. You don't want me to stop partying, do you, Bosch? <laughs> That's how I keep a smile on my face. That's my nickname, Party Boy. Patrick Party Boy Clement. Makes me what you I am. You take away that. You take away everything from take me. Take away the magic. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. And he didn't do very well, did he, really? Patrick no, it was Clover. terrible. I don't remember him doing fuck all at Newcastle. No, terrible. Any other business? One of our favourite things that we've mentioned before, Sam, is when men represent themselves in court. Yeah, like my dad does. Like your dad did. And we've had um, an example of that sent in as well. Right. Uh, I've forgotten yeah. who I think it was. I think it might have been from Neil Foster. Uh, it's 76-year-old John Timbrell. Uh, he's a Brexit supporter and he failed in a bid to avoid a conviction by citing obscure Australian case law. This was in <laughs> Gloucester. And he argued that police are badly trained dummies. Uh, John, John Timbrell, 76, uh, told Cheltenham Magistrates Court that a police arrest warrant is fraudulent if it does not have a wet seal. He's <laughs> uh, he, he, one of them, and he also attempted to prove his innocence by quoting 18th-century Prime Minister William Pitt. Uh, 
Timbrell was found guilty and ordered to pay £850. <laughs> Viz did a great thing about this, didn't they? They did an ad for legal advice from some bloke in the pub. Right. And it, and it was loads of different areas of legal advice that are bloke. And it's always some bloke who yeah. reckons he has obscure knowledge of historical case law. Yeah. That means that, well, you know, if if you get stopped for drink driving... They legally cannot arrest you if you have two back tyres on the pavement at the time because right. that means you're not on a public byway or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, and I I once met uh, Bez from the Happy Mondays and he told <laughs> me a series of things like... he's Bez is one of these guys who represents himself. Yeah, of course. And he, he said that... He told me that you didn't have to pay tax because if you owed tax... That all you actually had to do was write a letter to revenue to the inner right. revenue saying I will pay you promising to pay the money and then setting a date for it right uh, and he goes you just set the date a few years in the future that suffices and then, does it and he goes then they can't pursue you because you put it in writing that you have the intention to pay <laughs> and I go okay and then he was quite aggressive in the way he was telling me he was, he was right up in my face and I was, this said, when right. he, was this when he'd been drinking the cider vinegar as well? Yeah. it was, And I could really smell the cider he vinegar. He swears by that, doesn't he? And then he told me that, and I said, I, I, was, I should have just left it at that, but I've made the mistake of questioning men. You should never really, I don't believe in questioning a bullshitter too thoroughly, trying no. to catch him out. I mean, I believe, in, I believe in questioning them to draw out further bullshit, but I mm. don't believe in trying to catch them out because why? Do you know what I mean? It's like bullying like a kitten. Anyway, yeah. I, I made the mistake of saying, but what happens on that date? Presumably they come for the money on that date, even if Give you said five letter. years in future. Give him another letter, exactly. Of course he did. And he said the same technique worked on his mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it works. He says it he works. He swears by this, does he? But the funny thing was, he was saying it about the tax, and he goes, I haven't paid a penny tax in years because of this. Mm. And then... Someone leaned in and said, he has. We paid it for him. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> one, of his, one of his team have been dealing with all that for him. So Yeah, um, Timbrell's one of them. It says, um, after the trial, he said he does not consider himself a freeman on the land, which is a term used by people who say they have opted out of the law. <laughs> <laughs> we should look Fantastic. into being freemans of the land. Yeah, se- separate podcast, Freemans of the Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Talking that was a l- really good idea for a podcast where every week you do different areas of law, like tax, mortgage, whatever, drink driving, <laughs> yeah. and and explain to people how you can basically get at, get not be subject to the laws of, of uh, uh, in that particular area. Yeah, we do it with Dean Saunders. Yeah, it's a bit, Dean it's a bit Saunders more. and Bez. Freemans of the land. We could just produce <laughs> it, mate. I think we should put those two together. Yeah. We could sit back and wait for the money to roll in. Yeah. And then not pay, not pay a tax on it. Not pay any tax on it. <laughs> a bit of some more detail. The, it was it was Timbrell's mate who'd been arrested over some criminal damage worth 23 quid on a, on a car, a car door. And the police had come round to his house. So this fellow rang Timbrell uh, as his legal advisor. Timbrell came round the, and the, the police were in the living room. Timbrell placed his hand on the officers, telling them they should leave. At this point, PC Varden applied a thumb lock to remove Timbrell's hand from him and informed him he was under arrest. Uh, Timbrell and Turley went to police station. Turley criticised the lack of seatbelts in the police van. 
So he might have, <laughs> he, he might have been using citing that as a kind of a, a, yeah, probably. a reason to get off later on. Timbrell told the officers they were badly trained dummies who do not know the difference between lawful and legal. He said, your rights as a police officer do not give you the authority to break common law. The fact a living man can refuse jurisdiction from a court is not known to many police officers. <laughs> I refuse this jurisdiction. And then he started citing an Australian case from 1984. Um, and then he said, I stopped a sergeant breaking into my house to detain a mental patient I was protecting. She was a whistleblower and they unlawfully tried to silence her. Chairman of the Magistrates, Michelle Eccles, broke in and said, I don't want you to say anything that will incriminate yourself later. Timbrell replied, I don't mind. <laughs> Good. Yeah. He said, uh, Magistrate asked Timbrell why he considered the arrest war- warrant fraudulent. It did not have a wet seal on it, the defendant said. Mr McCabe said, did you use the internet in your research? I am not going to be trapped into that, Timbrell replied. <laughs> 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 he th- this guy's three or four steps ahead of the authorities oh, yeah, at all times, isn't he? Nice. Yeah, he's playing legal chess. Uh, so he was found guilty after the magistrate deliberated for about 20 minutes, obviously. Uh, and the magistrate said, um, the defendant stated in his evidence he obstructed police because he'd already he told them he'd obstructed the police, which is the thing he was being charged with. Police had a legal authority to enter the property to effect an arrest. Timbrell sighed and said, oh, well, I half expected it anyway. <laughs> so there we go more cases of men defending themselves in court that could be yet another side podcast that we do yeah many defend themselves in court you can get loads of those I mean it's very similar to the to kids who always claim that they're aware of some sort of law that uh, yeah. a loophole in the school rules or yeah. usually some sort of like local authority or governmental law that overrides school rules. Usually yeah, quite prevalent at Christmas, winter time around now, where there's like lots of specific things about temperatures yeah. and when you're allowed yeah, to just leave. There was one recently where a kid, there was a school where they banned backpacks or something for some reason. So one of the kids took his school books in inside a fucking microwave. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, That sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. That was good, yeah. This is it! Um, we've just about ran out of time, Sam. Um, you said you had a story about your mother you wanted to share with us? Well, this time last week I shared the story about how my mum had called, said that I smelt like a Nancy boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, yesterday we were around my mum's again for lunch, as always, and I said, and I told my brothers, I said, yeah, you know what she said to me last week? And my older brother, <laughs> my oldest brother, Theo, said, oh, yeah. That reminds me, I'm going to carefully edit this story to protect my mum, who is a nice person. Um, he went, yeah, that reminds me of uh, when I went to the World Cup in 2002 in Japan. And he, and I said, oh, yeah. And he said, oh, you know, I was out there a few mates. We were having a trip of a lifetime. It was fantastic. And England were doing well. And at one point, I called mum. I was in a bar with some mates. And I, call, I called mum just to let her know how I was getting on. And she went, oh, it's lovely to hear from you. How, how, how is it out there? And he went, it is brilliant, mum. It's the trip of a lifetime. She went, oh, and England are doing well, aren't they? She went, yeah, he went, it's great. There's loads of England fans out here. It's absolutely brilliant. It's such a great country. And she went, well, where are your brothers? Aren't they coming out? Where are the other three? And he went, no, no. And she went, what, not at all? And she, he went, no, they're not coming. I don't know why, whether it's work or what. They're not coming. I'm just here with some other mates. She went, fucking hell, they're acting like a bunch of Nancy boys. <laughs> 
<laughs> he'd never told us that before. So it's a regular um, phrase she uses. Yeah, like she really judged us for not paying thousands of pounds to go to the World Cup. I wouldn't mind, but she's not even interested in football. <laughs> no, but she's interested in the masculinity of her four children being she is, upheld isn't she? at all times. Yeah. And she just cut three of you, cut three quarters of you just away with a swipe of a hand and the swipe of a yeah, tongue. Yeah, she's like, you're the only real man amongst my sons. Yeah. Fuck Good it, I him. don't care. Right, I'll do a quick... Um, news! News! To finish things off, uh, you know the drill, you know how it mm. works, here we go. Man sues British Airways for sitting him next to fat passenger. Nah, four. I think I've got a couple of 12-inch singles by fat passenger in the loft, actually. <laughs> Man attacks roommates with axe over thermostat settings. I get that seven, seven and a half, because Ooh, it, it is marks. good that. It's good. Now, I'm going to give it an eight because thermostat settings okay. to some people are like my mother-in-law. If we go to her house, sometimes if she if we're mm. there and she's not, we will purposefully change it by like one degree one way or the other. Yeah. Because it will yeah. fuck with her head super badly. Yeah, I've got a thing going on with my daughter at the minute with the fridge settings. Uh, I have it set to four and it keeps dropping down to three and nothing's right. been said between us. But we both know that this power player, this, this two-way power player, she's power going playing on. you via the fridge. Yeah, well, we're both doing it because I keep putting it back up to four. Yeah, but so it's, it's your fridge. That's not a power. Well, play. it is my fridge. You sound, you're acting like me. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like you're at, That's the sort of thing that happens to me. Yeah, but if I start going on about it, if I if I make a big deal of it, that's what she wants. She wants the confrontation. Right. Yeah, that's what so my wife's keep... always telling me about my my interactions with my daughter and why I always lose every power yeah. play. She went because you, she knows you'll always rise to it no matter yeah, what. Yeah, don't do it. So I just yeah. keep turning the fridge back up. Every time I get some fucking milk out and it's not cold enough, I know she's been at it again. Why would she anyway. do that? Well, Is it an environmental thing? F- well, it could, uh, fuck knows. Probably. That's she's what kids veg- are like nowadays. She's a vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, uh. f- some hippie shit, probably. Yeah. Um, finally, dog accused of racist hate crime for pooing outside someone's front door. <laughs> uh, nine. There's so much dogs. I mean, I hate racism. Of course. I love, I love dogs generally, but not the racist ones. But racist dogs... Dogs that have been trained to to be, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, I'd I'd quite like to see John Timbrell get on the case of that one and defend the dog in a court of law. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> waiting for the first story whereby a dog attempts to defend itself in court. Yeah, dog court. There's another, yeah. there's oh. another format for us. Another one because that ties in nicely to dogs on the rob. Dogs on the rob, yeah. Leading we up can the tie dog that court. into dog court. Definitely, dog court right. actually is a good idea. Write that down. It's yeah. a fucking good idea, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Because there's de- there's crimes being committed by dogs on some level every single All day. All the time, yeah. And people read about them in the newspaper and everyone has a strong opinion on what should happen to the dog. Well, why don't we televise a court yeah. where the dog is put on trial and you could have a regular judge. Yeah. I think it's the like, judge should be human but should be wearing a dog costume. Like Judge Rinder. Yeah. This We're is called... seriously as that. I am, I am, judge, I am judge Ruffles. <laughs> and he should just wear like some big floppy dog ears and have a dog nose on yeah I might edit this out because that's too good to broadcast to everybody now we might have yeah. to work on that one yeah right um, that's it for now we're back on 
Wednesday with what is absolutely definitely the final episode of the Kane Odyssey because we've recorded mm. it and it does finish, doesn't we've it? We've already said goodbye and it was emotional. We recorded it last Friday, yeah, just before our uh, epic Talksport appearance. Talk sport if you haven't listened to that, listen back to it on Talksport website because it has it was it was three hours of solid gold, but there was one call from a bloke called was it Rob? It was Ron, Chelsea fan from Ron uh, and Chelsea fan, and it, it's the it's easily the best call i've ever had on radio we have been asking you the age-old question tonight uh, to mark the anniversary of paul Scholes's birth in a manger on the outskirts of greater manchester yep. 44 years ago and also the 10-year anniversary of the death of reg varney out of on the buses yeah we've been asking you who quite simply who made the biggest contribution to british public life in the post-war years is it paul Scholes or reg varney to help you make up your mind um, we have these clips. Here's Scalzi. Well, Mr. Casabo is just magnificent. Great. And here is Reg Varney. I've swallowed that plastic pit! <laughs> uh, Ron's on the line. He's a Chelsea fan in Basingstoke. Hello, Ron. Evening, Ron. Hello. Hello there. Yeah. Good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be Reg Varney for me. Why? I think it's a generation thing, but, uh, I always watched on the buses, uh, when it came on at the time, you know, yeah. uh, the time we needed somebody, some laughs and that after the Second World War with comedy, and, and uh, he was more down to earth. He was, yeah. we could relate more to him than Paul Scholes. Yeah, but hang on, Paul Scholes had had an exquisite touch. You know that when David Beckham signed for Real Madrid, Zidane, right, yeah. Luis Figo, mm-hmm. Roberto Carlos, they came straight over to Beckham and they said, "Tell us everything about Scholes. Tell mm. us how he trains." Tells us, t- tell us what he's like as a man. That, that that's how highly he was regarded by his peers on the continent. How can Reg Varney yeah. possibly compare to that? Well, I think uh, a lot of people were sort of into television more than the football at that time. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I can remember Reg Varney starting in the rag trade, uh, another sort of job that uh, would be down to earth and would be related to the normal. Joe Bloggs on yeah. the street, you know. I'm with you, Ron. You know, like Paul Scholes, for all his um, earthy beginnings, he was a millionaire, a millionaire footballer. And not many people can relate to that as a, as a career choice. Whereas someone working in a clothes factory or working as a bus driver, people can relate to that. And it, it helped Reg become the star that he was. Yeah, I mean, I still watch repeats, you know, on, on Gold. And uh, I still find it funny you know I, I mean i'm not into all this political correctness and all that mm. i mean i think do, do he think, had a warmth i do, think the whole want, series had a warmth you, you know paul about Scholes it, you know, was the characters. It, do you think paul skulls was guilty of being a bit too politically correct at times pardon was paul skulls too politically correct at times well, he's uh, more up-to-date, isn't he? I mean, I remember Paul Scholes when he first came to Manchester United, and he, w- he wouldn't say a boot to a goose. He wouldn't say anything. He he was quite shy and everything like that, you know? Yeah. But, it, but, it, Reg Varney's character, uh, Stan, Stan Butler, in On the Buses, was an outgoing, wise-cracking character, whereas Paul Scholes, as you've just said, was almost devoid of personality, wasn't he? Yeah, he was quite introverted. Yeah, in that, you yeah. Know? I mean, you did you'd hear more sort of from Beckham and uh, the Nevilles than you would from Scalzi. But now, I mean, um, I mean, I'm not knocking his uh, his midfield ability and and uh, his sort of uh, situation with football, but I think uh, 
as I say, it may be a generation thing, but uh, my vote would go with Red Redvani. Have you voted on the on the Twitter poll, um, Ron? Are you able to? Are, are you on Twitter? I haven't not yet, but I will be. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, Ron. Appreciate your call. Really interesting views there, and that's what this is all about. <clears throat> uh, as always on Talk Sport, it's just about different points of views, it's different opinions. opinions. It? It's all about opinions, and, and Ron has called up and he's expressed his very powerfully. Anyway, we recorded the just before we went on air. We recorded the final keynote scene. We know it's the end because we announced the end, and it, we did get emotional, didn't we? It was really sad, yeah, because he, he's not going to be in our lives anymore until we do his first book. I'm going to get online and buy a copy of his first book now, and yeah. but soon I think we're going to do the Keegan one, aren't we? We'll do Keegan first. We'll do some more Premier League seasons because people seem to like them, and then mm. the new year we'll do Keane's first book again. Yeah. And right, that- by the time all of that's over, Result Spot will probably have his first memoir out. Yeah, inevitably. We'll get we'll weird into that. All right, thanks for listening, as ever. Uh, oh, yeah, and we should mention Football Podcast. Uh, well done, England, for winning 2-1 against Croatia at the weekend. Oh, yeah, that was good. Nice one. All right, thanks, everyone. Bye. Ta-da. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.